market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, after yesterday's <clears throat> massive reversal that we saw in all of our major indexes, our markets opened lower again this morning and looked like they wanted to rally uh, into about midday today. We had the Dow turn positive, but we ultimately finished negative across the board for our major indexes. We did have some sectors that turned positive and were able to stay there on the day, uh, but not quite the day that we would have liked to have seen, but really great to see another day of massive reversals for the market. I mean, yesterday, yesterday is a rare scenario though. Reversals like that are very rare uh, and especially point-wise. That is the biggest point reversal that the Dow Jones has ever seen going from being down over a thousand points coming back to finish positive on the day. Point-wise, the biggest reversal in market history for the Dow Jones. It was up there as well though for NASDAQ percentage move as well. So really very interesting day that we saw yesterday and now all eyes turn to tomorrow's FOMC meeting. The meeting started today, but the presser from Jay Powell will be tomorrow. And like I said, all eyes watching there. And over the last few Fed meetings, you've seen a lot of these statistics going around. We've been running these numbers essentially since Jay Powell has been in office. We did this work years ago showing that Jay Powell talked to the market down roughly 90% of the time that he spoke since then. And since those stats started going around, those numbers have improved. You know, the Fed doesn't like those kind of optics out there, right? Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. The markets do tend to fall when he's speaking, but he's gotten a bit of an opportunity here to make things right from all of those previous scenarios. And after the massive market sell-off, I wouldn't say massive, but after the market sell-off that we've seen since the November highs for the case of the NASDAQ or since the January 4th highs in the case of the S&P, we've seen big moves lower. And now you know that the Federal Reserve wants the optics that they have this under control. So if nothing else tomorrow, even if we don't see a change of tone from Jay Powell, I imagine that they'll want to call the plunge protection team. Jay Powell and his merry band of Federal Reserve members don't want this market to keep going lower. Like I said, it makes it seem like this is out of their control here. So that's what we expect tomorrow. And I've got a little bit more on that here as well, because there is so much concern from investors. It's been the theme over the last month or so that not only will the Fed try to raise rates this year, but they're going to do it a lot. But here at the VRA, we see it a lot differently here. Despite the calls from major investors, big bank CEOs, or just reporters out there calling for three to four, some even five or more rate hikes from the Fed, we remain in the camp that the Fed will raise rates at most one time this year. And really, we say one time because they need to save face. They've talked so much about it. They really have pigeonholed themselves into this rising rate environment. But much like how under Obama, there was only one rate hike. Remember that. Under Trump, they did it nine times. Under Bush, leading up to the financial crisis, 16 rate hikes, right? 
under Obama, one rate hike. That's what the Fed is looking to do here once again. Just one rate hike, that's how we see it. And we actually see a chance here, given the sell-off that we've had, for the Fed to make a little bit of a pivot and come out with a little bit more dovish of a tone tomorrow. And certainly the recent sell-off, the recent economic reports will give them a bit of cover to do so. And what I think most people are waking up to now, what we've talked about here since before Biden was inaugurated, that this was going to be Obama's third term. And what that means for our economy is slower growth. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be negative growth, but remember, Obama is the only president in history to go an entire four or eight year period without 2% GDP growth. That is a slow economy. As Kip said yesterday, and it has really been on my mind, he is Biden and Obama both. We're not pro-growth presidents. They are pro-government growth presidents. Big, big difference there. So back to the Fed, when you see a slower growth economy, it makes it very hard for them to raise rates here. So again, to get a, a little bit of a dovish tone here tomorrow wouldn't be a surprise to us, but it will be a surprise for the market and a, a, a pleasant one at that. If they go with that, and here, here's how they do it as well, actually. You know, Jay Powell has actually provided some cover for himself pretty well here. At every meeting, he always talks about listening to the data. If the data changes, we'll do something different. Well, that's all he has to say tomorrow. We, well, we've been looking at the data. The data has changed. Uh, we'll continue to watch it closely. And, you know, maybe we won't take as strict or as hawkish of a policy approach as we thought. And I think most people would look at that and say, oh, wow, I, you know, thanks, Jay Powell. Great. And then our markets are already spring-loaded to go higher from here. That's the kind of, of announcement that would send our markets on a rocket ship. That's how we see it here. Uh, we've certainly begun to position ourselves like that as well in both our VRA and parabolic portfolios here. Because here's the key. Unless the rules have changed, which we don't see them as having changed. The rule is still buy low and sell high. Well, the average, uh, yes, the average correction in a midterm year is 17%. We've already seen the NASDAQ drop 19.2%. The Russell 2000 technically got into bear market territory. Now the Dow and the S&P have held up a little bit better, but how much further do they really have to drop here? Again, in a midterm year, and we know that the Fed loves to have the Democrats back. If the stock market continues to fall and we're facing rate hikes, <coughs> you can imagine what that's going to do to their already abysmal looking chances for the midterms this year. They don't want to let that happen. Really, in our view, this has been almost a textbook correction. Um, a little bit further maybe than most of people would have liked, but nonetheless, a fantastic buying opportunity. That's how we've been treating it. That's how we're going to continue to treat it here and uh, looking for some good news out of the Fed meeting tomorrow. So on that note, let's take a look at our market action on the day today. Our 
Leading sec, uh, index, if you want to call it that, was still down on the day, was the Dow, like I mentioned earlier. Did try to rally to get positive, got positive. Couldn't stay there, though, finishing down just under two-tenths of 1% to 34,297. We were followed there by the S&P 500 down 1.22% to 4,356. But check this out. At yesterday's lows, the S&P had fallen more than 12% from its all-time high on just January 4th. That's a quick move, folks. And going back to 1955, there have only been six scenarios where the S&P lost more than 10% within a month. Over the next six months, the S&P was higher 100% of the time with an average gain of nearly 15%. So we've seen these types of metrics fall apart in the last few years, you know, where you see these 100% type of scenarios. But nonetheless, you still like to see that after the month that we've just had. And in our view, we do look for this market to for a spring-loaded move higher uh, coming here. Next up was the Russell 2000 down 1.45% to 2004. And lastly, the NASDAQ down 2.28% to 13,539. One point I do want to make here for all of our major indexes was that we all held above the lows from yesterday, which yes, we got a big sell off yesterday, but still as an important level technically and psychologically for our markets to hold. So we look for those levels to hold here and, and check a few of these stats out from the Nasdaq's correction yesterday. I know Kip covered them, but still, and I covered them briefly in the beginning of this podcast, but still pretty incredible. At yesterday's lows, the Nasdaq correction had extended to 19, negative 19.2% since its highs on November 22nd. Then we got that massive 6% intraday reversal. Only, that's only happened three times going back to where they started keeping you know, the really hard data on, high, on open, close, high, low, all of that for the market. So since 1978, that's only happened three times. Uh, so just an, an incredible move uh, to come back there. But also in the semis, we're, I've been crushed as well. We had an all-time high similar to the S&P in the semis on January 4th. The semis fell to a low of negative 19.2% below their all-time highs of just January 4th. But <clears throat> there is a good news there and why I bring this up. And that is that all of our major indexes, and specifically the NASDAQ and the semis, have hit extreme oversold readings on all of our VRA momentum oscillators. And I bring that up because just like when we were talking about here in November, when the markets reach extreme overbought levels like we saw, that's when bad things tend to happen. Well, here we are two months later, bad things have happened. Now that we are at extreme oversold readings, well, just the opposite. That is when rallies and reversals tend to take place. So that's what we're looking for here again. I know I've harped on that a lot here, uh, but that we don't see a whole lot of people talking about that out there right now. And listen, I know there's a lot of fear out there right now, whether it's fear of inflation, like I talked about a slowing economy, uh, potential conflicts in the Ukraine, potential conflicts with Russia, and really just the incompetence of the government that has been so exposed 
over the last two years now, people have lost so much faith in all of our institutions, whether it's the CDC, whether it's the government as a whole, mainstream media, all of these things have been exposed for what they are, not what they were, because this is what they've always been. But this coronavirus insanity has exposed them for what they are. And I say that almost painfully because you want to have faith in our institutions. How does a country survive without faith in their institutions? It's like Humpty Dumpty. Once he's fallen off the wall, you can't put him back together again. Well, that's where we are right now. And so much of the, so many of our institutions are going to have to be dismantled in order for our country to turn around. And that is a hard thing to think about, a hard thing to approach. Where do we begin? These are massive institutions, right? But again, there is a plus side to that. And that is that when so much fear has been baked into the market, our markets love to climb a wall of worry higher. I'm not saying that these institutions are going to fall apart overnight here. I think that this is something that takes years to take place. And in the shorter term, our markets can certainly continue heading higher. And we see these as more of bricks in our wall of worry that we talk about here so much. Our markets love to climb a wall of worry higher. And that's exactly what we're looking at here, especially we've seen, seeing it now in the sentiment indicators. Actually, I would like to see where the fear and greed finish today. 37, so not extreme fear yet, but... Certainly, I mean, we were at a 65 a week ago. Uh, so with everyone turning so bearish, we saw in the AI surveys from last week, going to be another interesting week there as well. Given how bearish everyone has gotten, as contrarians, we love taking the other side of that bet. And now we see as a great time to do so. Uh, so come and join us and see what picks we're looking at right now at VRA Insider. We've got a 14-day free trial going on right now as well. So let's take a look at some of our other major factors on the day, taking a look at our internals on the day. We did not get ideal numbers here from the internals, but for the most part, much better than you would expect. Declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks, but nowhere near two to one negative. So we'll take that as a slight win on a down day like today and the weakness that we've seen in our markets. New 52-week highs and lows <coughs> excuse me, came in negative for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but much better than yesterday. Yesterday, we saw the highest number of 52-week lows in the NASDAQ since coronavirus insanity began. And, excuse me, um, we had just over 1,700 stocks hitting 52-week lows yesterday for the NASDAQ. Today, that was just 281 stocks hitting 52-week lows, so we'll take that as a win as well. Lastly, volume was a little bit better than yesterday, or excuse me, a little bit worse than yesterday. So given that we had that massive reversal, we got positive volume yesterday, but on a negative day like today, we didn't even have two to one negative for either the NYSE or the NASDAQ, so really not a bad day for the internals given the weakness that we saw. Next up here, looking at our sectors on the day, we finished with two out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. That was energy as oil had a nice day today, followed there by financials. Then our laggards on the day were technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary. Finally for today, 
our VRA commodity watch. Solid day today for the precious metals. Nothing crazy, but gold now up just over three tenths of 1% to 1,848. But the plus side here, that we've seen this a lot in the last couple of weeks, the miners outperforming the metals. Exactly what you want to see if you're bullish on this group here as we are. And we got two to one outperformance today from GDX, the gold miner ETF, uh, are just about two to one, up 0.67%. So, but still exactly what you want to see from this group on a day like today. Silver up as well, uh, about three tenths of 1% now to $23.87 an ounce. Copper up 1.06% to $4.55 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, having a big day today, up 2.3% to 55, $85.22 a barrel. I got caught up there for so long after coronavirus insanity. I mean, it took oil a little while to, to really get back uh, to these levels. So uh, maybe that was a little Freudian slip there. Uh, and finally for today, cryptos were up earlier in the day, but now mostly lower with Bitcoin now down 1.77% to 36,608 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.